The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. The, um, the guys return Sunday night, Monday morning. Had a lot of fun this week uh, co-hosting, I should say, filling in for Eric and Gary and uh, always enjoying uh, speaking to you folks as well at 866-90-RED-EYE. Exclusive from the Daily Mail. You ready? It's not real surprising. The Border Patrol has dumped buses full of migrants at an overwhelmed San Diego, California center as the California city continues to struggle with 12 arrivals every single day. Now, remember what I said earlier. I don't I don't believe that Joe Biden thinks that this is um, a problem. Joe Biden is trying to in the Democrat Party, they are trying to import as many illegal aliens or you want to call them. Some people call them migrants. Some people call them illegal aliens. Remember, technically, if they come across our southern border and they're processed, I, I don't know if you are technically correct in calling them legal aliens because Biden has, in effect, kind of made them legal. But I still consider them illegal aliens because they haven't been vetted. We have no idea who they are. And ultimately, you know, they'll dissolve into the fabric of our country. But every day, can you imagine that? 1,200 arrivals in San Diego every single day. They're given food, water, access to the Internet, and help booking flights and bus tickets to other U.S. communities as border uh, crisis continues to overwhelm these southern cities. I saw a story, I think it was yesterday or the day before, where the... um, State of Massachusetts is saying that they are full. They can't possibly accept any more uh, of these migrants. And you know what the thing is? Like the the war in uh, Israel, that has most certainly taken over the uh, headlines, as it should. But at this point, can I be honest? I, I don't know what else there is to say about the migrant crisis. 
that hasn't been said a thousand times. Joe Biden is doing this. He is unapologetic about doing this. He doesn't care what you think. He doesn't care what America thinks. You know what I think is going on? I think what's going on is the the Democrat Party, they, they know that Biden is not really their guy, right? They know that more than likely he's not going to be around for a second term. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But if ultimately, and there's new polling out here that I'm going to share with you in a second, but if the American people absolutely hate this migrant crisis and they're watching as the Biden administration continues to tell us that the border is secure when it's really not. I think the Democrat Party, what they're doing is they're just saying, you know what, we're going to let Biden take the political bullet. And so if the American people feel strongly enough, if the Democrat Party and and, and people within uh, that party, if they feel like enough is enough, then they'll, uh, you know, vote Joe Biden out. But I don't think they're going to. Well, I mean, they're not really in effect. They don't really have a a primary on the Democrat side. I mean, they didn't want uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. They didn't want him to uh, to run against Joe Biden. He's now going to run as a independent. And so the party is doing everything that they can to protect Joe Biden. And so basically what they're trying to do, they know that this is unpopular with the American people. They know that the American people are angry at what they're seeing on the southern border. Well, all of these resources go to other parts of the world to protect other borders outside of America. We're just letting all of these people come in. But I know that you know that. And I know that you're frustrated as I am. And, and if you're a conservative, you know, we've got all of this polling out there that shows. And, and that's basically the story. The Border Patrol dumping buses full of migrants right there at the in San Diego uh, centers for these migrants. And they're already overwhelmed. They're trying to deal with 1,200 arrivals a day. And now the question is, OK, so what is what does Gavin Newsom do? Think about this. So we know that California already is a train wreck, right? So you have California and you've got Gavin Newsom and he's watching Ron DeSantis and he's watching Greg Abbott, the uh, governor for the great state of Texas. And he's watching what they're doing, which is sending all of these uh, migrants or illegal aliens to places like New York and Massachusetts and, you know, these various sanctuary cities. Well, Gavin Newsom knows that the people in California, they're getting angry about this, just like in San in um, Chicago. The residents of Chicago, they're getting sick of this because their city is getting overrun with migrants. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. A, I thank God every single day that I live in Nashville and that I live in a state that does not embrace these sanctuary city policies. I can't imagine what New York City is like right now. I I can't imagine it. Because you've got all these migrants, you've got the crime, you've got the homeless uh, crisis that is still going on. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. 
There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. And so while here in America, we have all of these issues, Biden is focused on the world stage and not America's. I mean, earlier in uh, the week, I played you a piece of audio. I I can't even remember what day it was. But, you know, Biden was talking about running again. And he talked about, oh, imagine the possibilities of another four years. which should send shivers down your spine thinking about another four years of this. But Biden talked about, you know, um, a a united Europe and Vladimir Putin going down. And, you know, the Middle East is, uh, you know, unicorns and rainbows and everything is going great in uh, in the Middle East because suddenly uh, Israel and Iran and Israel and, you know, Jordan and all of these nations are suddenly all getting along Thanks to Joe Biden. But he didn't say one word about America and about what Americans are dealing with. And, you know, say, for example, the people in San Diego and what they're dealing with. Well, there's a reason why Donald Trump is doing so well in in polling. And it's because Joe Biden has been train wrecking America. And, And when you look at some of the things that we're finding This is the headline. Donald Trump leads Joe Biden in five pivotal swing states. Because I know that you've heard and Gary and Eric talk about this all the time. I listen to them, by the way, every morning when I come into work for my morning show on Super Talk 99.7 WTN in Nashville, Tennessee. I like to, you know, joke with them that they are part of my show prep, which they are. Guys are brilliant. And so, you know, they'll tell you, well, yeah, you got to be be cognizant when you see these national polls because you know they're really they're interesting but they don't necessarily mean a whole heck of a lot because you know it's it's the states where these national uh, presidential elections are uh, won or lost is it in it's in the states so this headline which um you know maybe the guys will talk about on monday donald trump leads joe biden in five pivotal swing states more alarm bells for the white house as the president 
trails in areas that could decide the election and Michigan. Michigan is tied. I'm going to get into some of these numbers straight ahead because they are fascinating. Phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. My name is Dan Mandis. This is Red Eye Radio. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. Minimal changes in USDA domestic dairy production forecasts for both 2023 and 24. 2023 production we raised slightly, up just about 100 million pounds. Didn't make any change to our 2024 milk production forecast, but that 2023 increase is just reflecting a little bit of a bump up in milk per cow. World Agricultural Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekinowski says demand for butter is a driver behind dairy supply and demand estimates. Fat bases imports unchanged for 2023, but up a bit for 2024. That is reflecting increased imports of butter. Similarly, our export forecasts on a fat basis were lowered. In both cases, that reflects lower U.S. exports of butter. Most category prices are up minus cheese, translating in reduction in Class 3 milk prices. Class 4 prices, however, were adjusted up both for this year and next. Bottom line, higher all milk prices forecasted for both years. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Loops. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. There is uh, this headline here. Israel ramps up military activity along the Gaza border as invasion looms with troops exchanging machine gun fire with Hamas. And this is the part that really interests me. They're talking about whether or not they should put together a, they're calling it a 40-mile demilitarized zone. So, you know, between like North and South Korea, you've got the the demilitarized zone. They're thinking about maybe doing that with uh, Israel on the the border with uh, Gaza. And I've thought about this before. Why don't they do that? I mean, it just it, it, it seems to me anyway that that would make sense. Of course, that doesn't solve the rocket problem. That doesn't solve the paraglider problem because you know how this uh, whole thing uh, started a couple of weekends ago now is the uh, bad guys parachuted in but it does still i'm I'm just kind of reading through this whole thing Uh, tens of thousands of israeli soldiers and scores of tanks and armored vehicles are now positioned on the border ready for ground assault on the gaza strip where 203 hostages are being held captive by Hamas terrorists. So number one is I keep seeing the the number of hostages changing. That's number one. Uh, Number two, I agree with a a couple of callers who listened to Joe Biden's his speech earlier where the president, I don't even know, did even mention the hostages. He must have actually mentioned the hostages, but I don't know if there is um, anything that the uh, anything that the president really says specific about trying to get them back. But for uh, President Biden, it does seem to me like the speech that he gave last night 
isn't really helping much. I, I did a lot of listening and looking at things online and I've been watching social media and basically it's breaking out into two camps, right? So if you are pro Biden, you thought that the president sounded strong yet compassionate. And if you're anti Biden, which I am, cause I'm a Republican, I'm actually conservative. And, um, you know, the uh, the president, I think that he still sounded uh, weak. 866-90-NATION is the phone number. Let's say hello to, uh, this is Rob calling from Georgia on Red Eye Radio. Uh, Rob, how are you? Hi, fine. Thanks for having me on. I uh, I was talking to the gentleman there coming on the show. And, uh, you know, back in the 90s, I worked for a federal agency, and I, I won't say what the agency was, but... Uh, you know, and I was up off the coast of New England, and we were on patrol one night and come across a boat that was about to sink, had no light. And uh, we stopped it, and after we did a little investigation, we determined these were 25 Chinese illegals off the coast out there. And we called up the chain of command. We said, hey, you know, what What are we going to do? And they said, well, are they safe? And we said, well, they're, they're about to sink, and, you know, got a problem here and we were told to escort them into the pier and we said well you want us to call the local sheriff and have them picked up so you can come take care of the situation and they were like no no just let them go and we were like well you know we don't know who these guys are well it's okay now that was back in the mid-90s and i was personally involved in that and i know these border patrol guys are doing everything they can do but when you got your own federal government turning a blind eye to this I mean, it actually gives me cold chills thinking about this because this has been going on for a long time. And yeah, but, but you know what the but but you know, Rob, what I'll say is the difference is that between you know the '90s and, and today is this is I, I think this is the first time where we've had a, a president and an administration that, to use your phrase, turned a blind eye. I mean, even Obama, and I this may trigger some of you folks. But even Obama had an eye on the border. Certainly Donald Trump did. This is the first time, I believe, and somebody please correct me if I'm wrong, and I know that you folks will, where it's just been come one, come all. There was a lot of conversation when Trump came came into office where it was all about the messaging where Donald Trump, he was very firm on the southern border and, you know, build the wall, build the wall. And the message from the Trump administration and, and during the campaign was do not come. Do not come. You're not welcome. We're going to demagnetize America. We're going to build a wall, basically very hostile to illegal immigration. And so what they found was that because of that messaging from Donald Trump on the campaign trail and then when he came into office, because of that messaging, the the flood started to slow down. People were like, no, we're, we're not going to make this trip right now because we're just going to go ahead and get and get deported. And the devil is always in the details. But when you have a welcoming message, this is the point. When you have a welcoming message like Joe Biden does, and when that welcoming message is, you know, silence, as all these people are coming across the southern border or when they say the border is secure when it's really not, that is a message. And the message is that if you want to come here, we will facilitate you coming into our country. We'll get you set up with whatever, you know, great little benefits that you can get and you won't be uh, you won't be deported. 
and and Donald uh, Trump yeah, is the that, exact opposite. So go ahead. I'll I'll give you the last uh, thirty seconds. Yeah, I mean that was my point. I mean that was even going on back then, and that was under the Clinton administration. And then, and like you said, when Trump come in, he was putting the brakes on this. And what are all the lefties scream? They scream it's racist, right? <laughs> you know, if you, I mean, Ukraine and Israel have a right to a border. You know, that's what Biden says. Right. But but not us. You know, we can't we can't secure our border. You see, it's it's ludicrous the way these idiots think. You know. Well, yeah. it it, it, it yeah, is, and 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 somehow uh, somehow Biden is the president of the United States. And let me ask you this, Rob: Do you think? And I, I I've been um, struggling with what my prediction is for twenty twenty four because I was really disappointed, and I know you were as well, with the red wave, which really wasn't much of a wave during the midterm elections of twenty twenty two. You got a prediction? You, you you think that all of these bad decisions? will finally catch up to the Democrats in in uh, 2024? Or do you think that, you know, all of these bad decisions will lead to not a whole heck of a lot of consequences for Joe Biden and the Democrats? Uh, I, I don't think Biden will be in there again. Uh, I don't I don't think Trump Trump will make it either, because when he was in there, you know, the left did everything they did to make a firestorm of you know, the country is in chaos. Right. Uh, I don't know who would. I, I like DeSantis, but uh, I, I think leading into this, we're going to see a whole lot of domestic problems because they're doing everything they can do to keep Trump out. And like you said, uh, Biden, he's he's just not he's just not up for it. He's just physically, mentally not there. Uh Yeah, uh, you're right. I, I, I think and I appreciate uh, I appreciate the call very much. I'm thinking about a Ron DeSantis, Gavin Newsom race. Doesn't mean that I don't want Trump. I do. But we'll have to see what happens with all of this. But it could be DeSantis Newsom. Who knows? Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. Here is Dan Mandis. Red Eye Radio, eight six six ninety Red Eye, eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. You know when you're a local host and you host nationally, you you have to get used to the breaks that have to go at a certain time. And for me, sometimes they come at the exact wrong time when I'm trying to make a point. So I want to expand upon what I said heading into the last break when I said we very well could have a DeSantis-Gavin Newsom race heading into 2024. Now, the reason I said that, and my Nashville audience knows this, I know that I spend a lot of time saying a lot of good things about Donald Trump is because I believe that he was a good president. Now, I'm, I'm not beholden to him you know if i think that he's going to be uh, the right candidate after you know watching all of these folks in uh, the into the primary i see them during the primary and i think okay well i'm listening to everyone and i'm listening to what everybody says and if i like donald trump i'll vote for him if i like ron DeSantis or 
Uh, Nikki Haley's a no-go. But, you know, some of these other folks, then, yeah, I'm, I'm going to vote for that person. But the reason why I'm saying that is because when I w- went into the break, a guy, a guy found me, uh, sent me a, a, a private message on Twitter, direct message, I guess, on Twitter, at Dan Manda Show. And he's like, are you kidding? Ron DeSantis, blah, 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 right? And, and I'm just like, no, all I'm saying is that if something happens where Donald Trump it, ultimately, for whatever reason, decides not to run or he can't run. Well, the reason why he wouldn't be able to run, who knows what it would be. But there's a lot of legal factors that are swirling around. So if Trump doesn't run, well, then you've got, uh, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy. You've got Ron DeSantis, who I, I really do like Ron DeSantis. I think he's made some mistakes. But you've also got Tim Scott and some other folks. But my point was that if it's not Biden, it's Newsom. And if it's not Trump, it very well could be DeSantis. That's all I'm saying. There could be any number of things that would prevent Donald Trump from running. But I guarantee you that when Joe Biden wakes up this morning, he's going to see this headline incredibly disturbing. Donald Trump leads Joe Biden in five pivotal swing states. Those states are Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, North Carolina and Wisconsin. Uh, Joe Biden does remain a leader in Nevada which uh, he also went during the last election. But it's a new morning consult Bloomberg surveys poll, and they do show the Trump leading Biden in those states. It's very close. But this is yet another poll, and I realize that, you know, some of you folks, polls don't matter. I understand that polls don't matter because it's where we are now, and everybody's looking at what's going to happen in November of 2024, November of next year. You know, still more than a year away. But this, I believe it matters because it it tells us where the American people are and what we're thinking. And every time these polls come out, Joe Biden is lower and lower. In Michigan, by the way, uh, he is tied with Joe Biden. Donald Trump and Joe Biden tied at um, 44 percent. Eight percent, by the way, eight percent of the electorate is uh, undecided. But, you know, you look at these numbers and I find the whole thing fascinating. See, I I do find uh, numbers and polls and all that. I do find them fascinating. Arizona, Donald Trump, 47 percent. Joe Biden, 43 percent. Georgia, 48 percent for Trump. Biden, 43 percent. Michigan, tied at 44. Eight percent undecided, by the way. Uh, Nevada, you've got Joe Biden, 46 to Donald Trump, 43 percent. North Carolina, Trump is at 47 and Biden's at 43 percent. Pennsylvania, 46 to 45 percent favor Trump and Wisconsin. uh, You're talking about Donald Trump at 46 to 44 percent. Now, all of those are within the margin of error. A lot of these uh, Donald Trump lost. In 2020. And so what I'm seeing, and I know that you see this, too. But what I'm seeing is a trend. You've got all of these different polls that are matching up and, and basically telling the same thing. I realize that some polls are contradictory. Like, for example, uh, when you when you throw in uh, RFK Jr., that is a you know, you're throwing like a spanner into the works, if you will. This is one of those things where, OK, you throw in RFK Jr., as I, I told you last night here on Red Eye Radio, RFK Jr., at least according to 
uh, one of those uh, polls showed that he would pull more from Donald Trump as opposed to Joe Biden, which I'm not quite frankly sure if if I believe. But then I've been stunned before because I can't believe that any any rational, clear thinking and clear headed human being would actually vote for Joe Biden. But a lot of people still would, despite the fact that there has been train wreck after train wreck. And one of the things that they talk about, because, you know, you go down all of the issues, right? You go down illegal immigration, you go down, you know, the the handling of uh, the economy and all these and, and he's upside down on literally every single issue. And one thing that Joe Biden has been trying to do, and I don't know why he's doing this. Well, I do know because they're dumb, but they're trying to tout the greatness of Bidenomics. Fifty one percent of swing state voters said that they felt the national economy was better off during the Trump years. Now, I would like to know what those 49 percent are looking at when they believe that it's better under Biden, because it certainly is not Uh, going forward. They say 49 percent said they would trust Donald Trump with the economy, while 35 percent said the same thing about Joe Biden and other swing state voters uh, among swing state voters who registered. The economy was their number one issue. Just 14 percent said Bidenomics is working. I'm going to say that again among swing state voters who registered as the economy as their number one issue. Fourteen percent only said Bidenomics is working. Sixty five percent say it's not. This was on CNBC. You see time and again that voters aren't necessarily feeling that, including in the latest data, which you've mentioned, the Bloomberg Morning Consult poll. Biden is not getting good marks on the economy right now. And generally, people don't seem to be thrilled with Bidenomics. Yeah, they certainly don't. Look at that. 49% bad, 26% good in terms of how people feel about Bidenomics. People feel badly about Bidenomics. You know why? Because people feel badly about their economy and the economy. Now, again, of course, this poll doesn't necessarily mean a whole heck of a lot. But right now, Americans uh, seem united in our disapproval of Joe Biden. And how do Americans feel Biden is handling the war between Israel and Hamas? So far, not great. Fifty six percent disapprove of the handling of the war with Joe Biden. Now, admittedly, it's early yet. Forty four percent approve. Uh, This is from CBS as they talk about uh, the poll. They did the poll. Look, start off with this. Now, Biden's approval on handling this conflict is just a few ticks higher than his overall approval. And it's net negative. And part of this is the partisan splits that you might expect to see. But I want to point this out. It's a little bit less partisan than you might otherwise expect, because you've got a third of Democrats who disapprove of how Biden's handling this. And Republicans, okay, this is not high at 28% approval, but it is higher than the way they approve of him overall or on a lot of other issues. Mm. Why is that? Well, you used the word in the intro, mixed. And there's a bit of a mix on what exactly people want Joe Biden to do. I think part of the problem, and again, it is so early in this conflict. But Biden has sounded weak. But consider the options, right? So the, that was uh, that was on CBS. And, and he ended the question with or he ended the statement with what do people want done? I mean, consider the options. We're doing military and financial aid for Israel. 
Uh, we're sending in humanitarian aid into Gaza. Uh, we've got warships shooting down missiles headed for Israel. That's part of the news cycle this morning. And yes, he did indeed fly to Israel in a show of support. But for me, the part of the problem is that when Biden, for example, every time he speaks, he just sounds weak. So when you're in a when you're a president and crap's going down and you need to sound like and portray yourself as a strong leader and you sound tired, your voice is low, your voice is gravelly. And let's not forget that he he didn't jump right out of the box and and talk about what happened in Israel. He just didn't. And so it it really made it seem like he was asleep at the wheel, not to mention the fact that, as I've been talking about this all night, uh, it's not just what he's doing right now, but what he's been doing for three years with the allowing of Iran to get stronger financially by looking the other way. Uh, regarding the sanctions and how Iran was skirting the sanctions that allowed Iran to raise tens of billions of dollars to fund Hamas. We've been talking about that all week. But, you know, for me, I just can't get over that funding of Iran or Hamas and so on and so forth. Uh, One of the things that they did not talk about in this piece is that funding. But, you know, here's more on what Americans are saying that uh, the president really should or maybe need to do. There's 44 percent who say, okay, he's providing the right amount of support to Israel. But then the rest, well, should he provide more, right? Is he not not providing enough? And and a quarter who say he's providing too much. So which direction does that go? When you follow up with people and say, okay, if he's not providing enough, what should he do? They want him to criticize Hamas more. But then another half don't really have a firm answer. They say they just don't like his approach. And I think that it reflects a lot of the uncertainty in the situation. Well, I think it also reflects on the uncertainty of Biden's brain. There's a lot of uncertainty there. We're going to send 100 million bucks in aid to Gaza. Now, the question is, how do we... I'm sorry, I'm laughing in the intro of this because I know what's coming. So we're going to send $100 million in aid to Gaza. Uh, Egypt has finally said, "Okay, we're going to we're going to push this through. We'll see if Hamas takes it, because remember, the big um, controversy, the big conversation has been that every time there's aid that is sent to Gaza, it ends up in the hands of Hamas. And yet the aid continues to flow. And so, you know, you have a lot of people, including, by the way, rightly so, Joe Biden, who. You know, he's saying and and other people are saying, well, we've got all this aid, but we don't want it to go to Hamas. So the question is, how do we help the people of Gaza? How do we get, you know, bread and milk and food? And, you know, basically, how do we help the people of Gaza without that aid going to Hamas? This was a conversation on I think this was Fox News. And they're asking someone from the Biden State Department, listen to this. How is the United States going to ensure that none of that ends up in the hands of Hamas? Uh, Well, as you know, this was a primary focus of the president's diplomacy uh, yesterday, both uh, in Israel, uh, where he met uh, with the entire Israeli security establishment, but also uh, in his phone conversations with regional leaders, uh, including President al-Sisi of Egypt. Uh, Getting assistance into Gaza is a complicated undertaking. It involves uh, essentially 
securing an understanding among uh, Hamas fighters uh, who control the checkpoints on the other side of the border, among uh, the government of Israel and among the government of Egypt. Uh, and the agreement the president uh, secured will enable these trucks to flow as soon as the roadway can be repaired. But the president was also quite clear that if this assistance goes in, it cannot be uh, misappropriated, cannot be taken uh, by Hamas fighters for their own purposes. And so we're going to be watching that very closely. It has to get to Palestinian civilians who need it. It has to. But the question is, from what you just said, is the U.S. then essentially in a position where it has to take the word of Hamas that it will not be taken? I mean, what other guarantee the, can there be? He's like, uh... We believe there is an understanding now among all of the uh, players who control that crossing, the Rafah crossing in, in Egypt. All right, so I think we can all rest assured there is an understanding, an understanding between Biden and Hamas. I feel better. How about you? 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio, appreciate your listening, and I always appreciate the opportunity to host here on Red Eye Radio. Great news. Gary and Eric, they return next uh, Sunday night, Monday morning. My name is Dan Mandis. You can find about find out more about me on uh, my Facebook page, all the socials. You can follow me on Twitter. I was joking earlier that I finally paid for Twitter. I actually forked out the credit card, 84 bucks for Twitter. So even if it's like a, a sympathy follow... Find me and follow me on Twitter, if you would, at Dan Mandis Show. And I do host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee, on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. You can find out more about that program at 99.7 WTN.com. We also, by the way, air that show on YouTube and uh, Facebook, as well as the website and Twitter, 99.7 WTN.com. So if you'd like to listen, please do. And I'll see you next time right here on Red Eye Radio. Have a great weekend. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot, but Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah, can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was three page makeout scene that just kept going? Good lord, we get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.